Hello, and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Bo North. And I'm Megan Sunday. On this show, we're discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. And this week, we're back to talk about chapter 35, just as soon as we step outside of the cone of silence. There's a lot of humming in this chapter. Megan! Yes! Happy Happy New Year! Happy New Year! And Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Or, you know, I know that it's the our calendar, but, you know, Happy New Year to everyone. One step uh, closer to, to the year 10,000. The year 10,000! And whatever change. I'm not looking it up. If I don't sing in an episode, can we even call it an episode? Nope. <laughs> You're welcome, audience. <laughs> Oh, so we're back. We're back, baby. We're back. We're off Arrakis. Yes. We're Briefly. on Getty Prime. Yeah. So it's not really much of a vacation. No, it's not even a <laughs> lateral move. It's a complete okay. down. It's down. It's like being sent to Tampa for a work conference. I'm sure Tampa's nice. Don't at me, but. um, I'm from Tampa. I. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that, but I didn't know that. Like, I knew that, but I purposely, like, let myself forget that. Wow. I'm sorry. Wow. No, you know. The big guava? Whatever. The place where I am from, the little shit town that I am from, is, like, so much worse than Tampa could ever be. So I really have no place to talk. Like, literally, less than a mile from my parents' house, there was a Supermax landfill. And two miles from my parents' house, there was a Supermax prison. So, great place. Nice. (laughs) Just a real asshole of a town. (laughs) Yeah. I will Uh, just never forget. It's like Gady Prime, but with better food. Uh, I just... We'll never forget the first time that my my now husband and I went down to Tampa and we were getting off the airplane and we stepped, uh, we were just walking through, just, just exiting, immediately exiting the plane. And the minute the air hit him, he was like, oh, did it just rain? And I was like, no, you're just in Tampa. <laughs> Welcome to Florida. The Sunshine State. Where is, now, where is your husband from originally? Uh, Southern Virginia. Uh, okay. but which, you know, so he's not a stranger to humidity, but it's not it's different in Florida. Constant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was a full, yeah, um, you know, Florida day of like, oh, feel that. Just feel it. So, yeah, <laughs> my husband's from Minnesota. Mm. And the first time he came to see me, it was March. So not too hot, but it was very muggy. It was like 60 and humid. But he got off the plane like in a sweatshirt and <laughs> jeans and stuff and was carrying a coat because March in Minnesota is freezing. Yeah. Like below freezing a lot of the time. So you know, he stepped we stepped out of the airport and he was just like, Oh my God <laughs> What is this soup? He's like, Oh this this temperate vacation I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> no, he did not like well, it. Well no, all. no one no one likes humidity. Let's just all be honest. I've seen yeah. I, people well, attempt I, I it in DC. They're desperately, you know, the you know, some point in the summer, everyone, you know, you're trying to have drinks 
and you're outside at a bar mm-hmm. and there's 800 mosquitoes and it's so humid and there's still people going like, oh, but it's so nice to be outside. How-? Like, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> and that always kills me because then people will say, well, aren't you from Florida? Like, yeah, where we don't just hang out in it. <laughs> like, we, we go inside. Yeah, we we know to get in the air conditioning. We're just like, yeah. oh, this is hot. See, that was a, a big adjustment because... Portland, they don't do air conditioning at all. And it's norm it's usually fine, but it depends on what kind of summer you're having. It can be horrible. I bet there's so much air conditioning on Getty Prime cuz um there'd have to be cuz you just know that place is humid. You know it's like humid and smells weird and yeah. Oh, it probably smells It doesn't so sound weird. like You know what does it doesn't it doesn't sound like a really fun place to go. No. Someone by the end of this chapter is basically like, and then we are getting the hell out of here because it <laughs> is gross as shit. Yeah. So before we get into that, we should probably start off the way we always do mm-hmm. with an epigraph from our princess. And this one is from the collected sayings of Mwadib again. And <laughs> it goes like this. The concept of progress acts as a protective mechanism to shield us from the terrors of the future. Okay. Oh, that's like one of those memes that my aunt likes to post, like, makes you think, doesn't it? It does. Like, all these kids on their phones all the time. What if a minion was saying this? Or maybe (laughs) Tweety Bird. Oh my god, Megan, that's the best idea. Okay, listeners, check our Instagram (laughs) account. I'm going to have minions quoting Dune. I swear. (laughs) Until Disney, you know, sends me a cease and desist. But yeah. (laughs) No, the stuff I've seen minions do, no one's ceasing and desisting anything. I have seen things. Yeah. Like, you could do an entire, (laughs) like you know end of blade runner speech like monologue about shit you've seen minions do <laughs> oh. it is pretty disturbing yeah <laughs> and of all th- i just that completely baffles me i only saw the first despicable me and it was very cute and the minions were fine i've never seen any of them and that okay you know and it was just like that was a nice like a nice movie it was a fun time i enjoy that happy song by pharrell and those minions were entertaining why are they everywhere why are they in thongs why are they like quoting bible <laughs> verses on my aunt's facebook yeah we well we're americans megan <sighs> and for our listeners outside of the states like americans love to take a horse that is dead and beat it some more because we are we just don't know when to quit is the thing I like this thing. This thing has to be everywhere. It's, this explains. Are you subtweeting so Baby careers. Yoda right now? Maybe. <gasps> no, never. never. Baby Yoda's pretty pretty cute. I'm like very burnt out on all the Star Wars shit right now, but that is still like pretty cute. I will say this, and then you know we will not. I talk am about enjoying. It. The Scorched Earth interviews that, like, Oscar Isaac and John Boyega are giving. Like, I'm enjoying Oh, my God. Oscar's of. entire dislike. They should have let us fuck. What? Yeah. Get on it, Star Wars. <laughs> uh, they really should have. Man, he's got his money. He's got a new baby. Like, he's just like, whatever. I'm Oscar Isaac. I'm going to be the Duke Leto in Dune. He has my devotion. He has your devotion. Um, yeah. 
and my axe and my bow. And so <laughs> I will say that if you're burnt out on Star Wars stuff, I think The Mandalorian is a very good way to like just enjoy it because it's very. Yeah, just, I'm not giving Disney any more money than I have to. That's fair. Um, yeah. The fact that they did, if you guys don't know this, like Disney did 80% of the U.S. gross box office for 2019. And that is not a good thing. Like, that's not good. That's not something I'm like standing up for. <laughs> so probably won't be sending them any money anytime soon if I can help it. As you could tell, we do not want to talk about this chapter because it's on Getty Prime. We're just like, Wah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm just gonna cut all of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just wanted to say subtweet so I could sound cool and hip. <laughs> Mission accomplished, yes. my friend. But we get new characters in this. We one. get new characters. Like, we get to see some ones we haven't hooray. seen in a while. We get to hear about mm-hmm. Fade's like tunics. He's wearing a lot of tight, yeah, tight clothes he- in this. I enjoy the opening of this. I like uh, chapters that open this way. Um, I'm just going to read the first line. On his 17th birthday, Fade Rauka Harkonnen killed his 100th slave gladiator in the family games. So we've got family games, family atomics. What else? Family jewels. Probably. Uh, And it's just like, ew great what a great pastime what a great time that you're mm. all having on getty prime yeah. gross yeah <laughs> so gross but the fen rings are there as like to represent the court mm-hmm. because it's not only is it fade's birthday 17 by the way ew killing 100 yeah um so it's uh fade's birthday but he's also been like called like named the successor mm-hmm. i think yeah which they have a title for, and it's like, is it Nay Baron? Yeah, Nah Baron. It's like Nah Baron. And nah Baron. But there is a, a point later where Count Fenring is like, if it's him, and the Baron's like, well, I'm allowed to say whoever I want to be the heir. And he's like, yeah, all right. Yeah. The Emperor's cool with that. So the Fenrings are Count Blinky Blank, because my brain just entirely Hasmere, blanked. Isn't yes. Hasmir. Hasmir. And his wife, Margot. Uh, who is Benny Jesuit? She is the one who left the message for Jessica way back when they first got the to leaf. Arrakis on yeah. the leaf. Um, she, of course, is just a hottie because yeah, she's apparently very lovely, like willowy, gray-eyed, blonde, elegant woman wearing yeah. ecru. Because again, we're just all mm-hmm. wearing like shapeless <laughs> garb. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> in various shades. Um, Fade is this is where I but I think I mentioned it last time he's wearing bell bottoms which I just thought was an odd yeah. touch <laughs> this whole like outfit sounds hideous yeah, he's wearing so it says he's he comes in so the Baron shows up and the Fenderings are just like oh here comes the Baron so the <laughs> the Fenderings have a secret language that they use that is a lot of humming <laughs> and mm. the Count particularly uses it and he is playing it off as if he has like a speech impediment because uh, he, he, you know, has to take moments to, to speak and he, he hems and haws a lot. Uh, but it's actually their secret language. 
Uh, so yep. when the Baron shows up, they're just like, oh, yeah, here comes this Baron. Uh, he's wearing, got all his rings. He's got, uh, like, opals sewn into his robe, which I got to admit is a pretty sweet look. Like, yeah. All right. I don't like you. Flashy. But that's very, yeah, that's something. But I like that it's orange. I like that he's wearing an yeah. orange robe covered in jewels. Like, oh, not a fan of but orange. But that's a house color, I know, isn't but it? that's a like... lot. Yeah. Do you have to yeah. be just drenched in it? Like, good gravy. Yeah. It's not at the Super Bowl. <laughs> and then, yeah, Fade shows in, shows up, and he he has his hair all up in ringlets. And... Yeah, that was the part that was like, they talked about his his ringlets, his cap of ringlets being more like jolly than his like face. Yeah, that he's got this like peppy hairstyle, but he's just like (laughs) walking around just like, and he's wearing a tight fitting black (laughs) tunic and snug trousers with a suggestion of bell at the bottom and like slippers. I I don't know why this makes me laugh. I don't. He's just, he's got his curls in. He's dressed like an acrobat at a circus. (laughs) (laughs) Like this is the thing. This is just, you know, and Marco, of course, has to think that, you know, he's not going to get fat. Like, but you, yeah. we don't know what the bear looked like. Maybe he really let himself True. go. So the other, the Count's other thing is that he presents himself as just sort of like a politician and, you know, he has this supposed mm-hmm. speech impediment and he's kind of, you know, you know, his wife is this like glamour girl and he's just kind of this guy with like sunken eyes yeah. and, uh, but the Baron knows that he's a killer. He's, he calls him a killer of the manners of a rabbit. Yeah, he's apparently like a very deadly guy. Yeah, and you don't want to cross him. Uh, so I also enjoy that at one point Fenring is just like, yeah, fate's pretty great, especially considering that other nephew you have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was he supposed to do? Pretend like... Raban doesn't suck. Yeah, like everyone's just trying not to like bring it up. It's like us with Trump. Yeah. It's just like uh. Like I'm sorry, I can't I can't even pretend. Yeah, he's the worst. <laughs> he's just like it's there's more and more I was just uh thinking. I was listening to another a podcast that was did an episode on Fury Road and so I was just like every time they brought mm, up yeah. like Rick Disarectus, I was like, Oh, the beast Raban. <laughs> like, look at me, I'm big. Which is yeah. Well, uh, we can. Uh, we've said this many times. We can turn any, pretty much any conversation into something about Dune. Mm-hmm. And as we yeah. said before, Fury Road is more prime to that than most. Oh yeah, but I mean, we even just earlier today like made a comment about Papa John going on his <laughs> fifty pizzas and thirty days crusade. Um, yeah, I called him the god or the glob emperor of dough. <laughs> amazing he's gonna eat too many pizzas i was pretty proud of that eat that many pizzas man his eyes are gonna turn into cheese god oh that's the baron's life man he's like oh i'll I'll eat 40 pizzas red baron's life oh Uh -oh. no wow Wow. it's a new year and a the same the same bow (laughs) yeah i i don't change (laughs) My New Year's resolution is to be me. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we find out that one of the reasons that the Fenrings are here is that Margot is supposed to get pregnant with Fade's baby. Yeah. Now, I was a little confused on this point. So maybe you can clarify. Does does the Count know that that's her yes. her, her mission? Okay. Which is why at the and end of the chapter, eunuch, he right? affectionately refers to her as his little brood mother. Oh, right. Ew. Ew. Oh, how romantic. I'm sorry. Like, wow, you guys are great. <laughs> wow, you just flooded my basement. Oh, no. I'm... <laughs> I'm sorry, Megan. You chose to do this show. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think he is a, he is a eunuch. I think it's some of the yeah. other books, the ones we don't talk about. They try to act, like mm-hmm. they mention that he's had lots of lovers, uh, but I mean, no, I mean, there's lots of things you can do. Eunuch could yeah. still do stuff. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I just like that they specifically. I feel like that's a way to you. The, Dune when he shows up in Dune, it's very much mm-hmm. he's this assassin. He's a eunuch. His wife is Betty Jesuit. Mm-hmm. Um, that they obviously have this like close relationship where they're both serving. They're a power. They're a power couple. couple. Yeah. Uh, and then I just like that in the the prequels, whatever they were just like, I don't know any fucks. <laughs> like why? <laughs> of all characters to be like, oh yeah, he fucked. You're like really okay, good. I'm fantastic. <laughs> I'm happy for him. I guess so they're you know it's really none of my business. I would make, you know, nah. I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> uh, I'm <laughs> desperate to know what you were thinking. It was going to be a House of Cards reference, but certain people don't Ew. deserve that. So, no. Okay. Anyhow. Um. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, Fade is basically just like, "Hey, hot lady!" Like, he's yeah, trying I'm so hard. I'm gonna dedicate this kill to you, it's and she's like, like "No, uh, no, you're not. No, inappropriate. No, thank you." <laughs> And he's, uh, yeah, he, the Baron is basically like, he, her husband can call you out for that. Like, you can't just be like, yeah. hey, baby, you want me to kill a dude for you? Yeah. Do it for like, you. Like, stop being so cocky, basically. And the, But he's 17 and he's killed 100 dudes, so. Yeah, and he has a harem. I guess. Of slave ladies yeah. that we find out later. And she's just Ugh. like, yeah, you're not doing that. Like, <laughs> nope. Um... So I I also enjoy that, like, after she, so he leaves, Fade leaves, and before Mm -hmm. Margot leaves, she has this thought where she's just like, I have to get pregnant with that? Like, we have to keep this bloodline? (laughs) Like, that kid? Yeah. Okay, good. Hooray. Yay. (laughs) That's who the Reverend Mothers were talking about? Oh, man. Like, what is this about? Uh... But that turns out kind of okay, doesn't it? Eh, no. Well, okay. This is, again, an issue of the prequels. Yeah. Uh, so she does end up getting pregnant. I think there's yeah. just another reference at the very end of the book where I think Reverend Mother, our old friend, Guys Helen, says, you know, has this thought where she's just like, you know, if Paul dies, the only ones, or Fade dies, like, the only ones left are Alia and mm-hmm. Fade and Margot's child, which is a girl. 
Uh, she. Oh, was it a girl? Because I thought that that was the boy that ended up marrying Leto's sister. No, that's like their cousin. That's one, or like their oh. step cousin, because that's from that is the son of one of Arulan's sisters. Oh, yeah. okay. When sister. Okay, never mind then. Okay. Um. So yeah, but it's I'm a girl, and then I think because it's a big fat spoiler. Okay, but yeah, yeah, it's a. So she's just like, great, I'm going to go and I guess have to like go to my room and think about how this is something I have to do because some of any jazz are in. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. or they have like a box seat or something. So she's going up to that. Uh, um, so the Baron and Fenring have their little chat mm-hmm. in a cone of silence, which yeah, is just like, I guess, a thing you can have. When I first read this, I really thought that it was not a real thing, that they were just, like, declaring a code of silence. And I was like, that's very... It's like Mm -hmm. saying something's off the record. But, no, it's an actual thing. (laughs) Like, it's a place that is quiet. um, I was... Like I said, I've been... um, I'm reading this through the audiobook, so... I mean, I'm doing both. I have, like, the physical copy and the audiobook, Mm -hmm. so I'm going back and forth. But, like, I was listening to the audiobook for this one earlier today, and when they step into the cone of silence, like, the count immediately stops doing that humming thing, and it's two different, like, actors doing the line. So, like, they sound actually, like, even the Baron, like, his voice sounds different from what it usually sounded like. So I'm wondering if it's, like kind of a voice modulation thing where people can't understand if you're standing like outside of it that'd be so useful i wish i had one of those at my office oh my god are you kidding yeah totally (laughs) oh my god like that would be amazing they have some pretty important stuff to talk about because the emperor is super not happy with the Harkonnens right now um, because apparently the Sardaukar have been ordered off of Arrakis. Yes. And they're... Which I didn't realize that they were part of like a longer plan to stay there. Like, Well, because they're still... Not sure why he... They think that they're going to be able to clear out, like to commit mass genocide against mm-hmm. the Fremen. Uh, the Baron says oh, right, here right, right. that there's only a handful left because they sweep the north. Like, and I think, the, you know, Fendering says, you know, who says about the desert? Oh, the Baron, the Baron, it's the Baron, I'm sorry, says that, you know, yeah. the southern desert desert is uninhabitable and we sweep the northern desert. And Fendering's like, how do you mm. know the southern desert is uninhabitable? And he's just like, because we know. Yeah, because smugglers have flown over. This is the planetologist said it. And he's like, yeah, but he's dead. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, that was that was unfortunate. <laughs> Tugs collar. Uh, and he's just like, well, there's all these different kinds of static that knock out satellites. Mm-hmm. That's why we can't have satellites. And the count's like, okay, yeah, we can talk about static another time. I'm like we're just hanging out, yeah. just a couple of guys, <laughs> guys being dudes. Everything uh, that Fenring says though is like double speak. Oh it's yeah, like double meaning. So. You know, the Baron is very, like, he's on his, well, I would say he's on his toes, but he's he not really on his toes because he's... He's fat. He's, he's fat. I don't know if you guys do this, but <laughs> can you imagine? He's so fat. He's fat okay. and Fade will not get fat, but he's fat. No. Uh, yeah. Important fact. 
I like how everyone thinks of this as if it's the first time they've ever seen the Baron. Like at a certain point, <laughs> you just got to get over it. Like, you just get used to it. I'm, I'm sure gonna go my see friends the Baron. are used to seeing me at this point. I know, right? Like, I don't think anyone's, like, rolling up and seeing me and being like, wait, what? Like, no, here, here you know. Uh, there's only so many selfies you can take <laughs> to, like, <laughs> cover that kind of thing up. Yeah. Uh, the Baron's just like, well, the Emperor can't be unhappy that Jessica and Paul are dead because, like, they're dead. And yeah, he's, and he's like, mm, hmm. no bodies. Those would have been nice. He's, there, the count says, yes, there were so many convenient accidents. <laughs> and Baron's just like, Ugh. um, like, I don't but like more this. interestingly, more interesting, like Fenring wants to take the Baron to task because he found out that the Baron has Thufir Howitt mm-hmm. in his uh I would say employ but uh, I would guess captivity is a better word yeah yeah oh also there's some stuff about Chelm, later in the chapter but I fall asleep yeah. whenever anyone mentions Chelm. so oh my god it's like yeah, wait space uh, Germans. when they're just like oh he's gonna want to do an audit on your books like okay <sighs> Oh yeah, let's Thanks, dude. talk about some sexy audits. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> and at one point the Baron is trying to be like, Well, I was thinking maybe I'd turn Arrakis into a prison planet, like Seleucus Secundus. Yeah, like the Emperor gave me the idea because he's got Seleucus Secundus, so mm-hmm. maybe I could do that with Arrakis. And the Count's like, Yeah, I'd say maybe don't do that. Like uh, Or ask him first, like... don't just do it. But yes, so they find out he has Howitt, and they find out that they, mm-hmm. you know, the emperor wants him dead. Yeah. Like the emperor does not want any loose ends, and Howitt is definitely. A oh my loose god! End. And the yeah. baron's like, but I've never not had a mentat. It was really scary, yeah, and stressful to not have a mentat. <laughs> so I just took this one, and he tell, yeah. tells them about how we're giving him poison every day and then we give him the antidote in his food so if he's not here we can't mm-hmm. get the antidote and the count's like stop giving him the antidote like just kill this dude yeah uh, he needs to go so that is what happens there's no no one's milking any weird space cats Mm-mm. david lynch don't know what that's about <laughs> well i mean it is david lynch but still that would have been a great cameo for the eraser head baby oh yeah <laughs> So, the so at this point, the Baron tries to say, "Well, I mean, there's the Emperor can't really say anything to me because how would I have gotten Sardaukar if it wasn't for the Emperor?" And the Council's like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. good luck. If you try that, <laughs> there's Sardaukar commanders who will say under oath that they came of their own free will because they wanted to kill Fremen." Yeah, and the Baron, it's like the Baron has never considered that. He's just like, oh, "Shit." I didn't think about them doing that. It's like, you didn't? <laughs> like, come on. Like, you guys have to stop at some point and realize that at a certain, er- like, sometimes you guys are all doing the exact same chess game. <laughs> like, yeah. And I don't know anything about chess, so I'm just going to assume. Aren't you guys all supposed to be, like, pretty smart or whatever? Yeah. Well, that's why he Get needs a mentor. Yeah. I only know about the musical chess. And what? What? Did they mention that already and I just missed it? Musical chess? No, no, no. The musical chess. Oh, oh, the musical, like the show. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. 
That's all I know. I, I don't know this, about the this game like a chess. Game. <laughs> I like only there know. There was a musical variety of chess. I was like, why did no one tell me? I only know about the I would musical play chess from the 80s. <laughs> Featuring the song yes, One Night in Bangkok. One Night in Bangkok. Yes. <laughs> uh, Great tune. <laughs> amazing. And then you realize it comes from a musical and you go, what? <laughs> a, a musical about what? I made a, a musical about what now? <laughs> uh so everyone there's a point where the baron whirls around and it's just like how do you do that man like you're floating on little machines how are you doing this (laughs) come on come on guy that's a dramatic thing that's like job of the hut being like roll this whole thing around yeah my whole platform around just do it just do it right now i bet he does that all the time (laughs) That's the worst part of working for Jabba the Hutt is that at some points he's like, I'm trying to make a big statement. Turn me around. So roll me. Turn me. Like, yeah. no. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Every day with these these big dramatic moments. Yeah. So, and it's time to go to the arena. So they're just like, all right, fine. Yeah. Like. So we're switching uh, viewpoints here. And I noticed that this happens ooh. a lot. In these longer chapters, we do kind of head hop a bit. Yeah. Oh, and we also find out that the Baron has taken the portrait of Leto's father and oh, the head yeah. of the bull. So he now has like, a portrait of Pedro Pascal on his wall in our personal, <laughs> yeah. in our canon. Uh, I'd like yep. to think it just looks like that picture of Pedro Pascal that you sent me in chat the other day. Mm, that was the portrait yeah. that his father chose to have commissioned. I'd hang that on my wall, baby. <laughs> it's a picture of him in black and white showing his tummy. Mm. It's like, I just want that because I want Leto being like, oh, this is your ducal portrait, dad? Okay. Great. Dad. Like, no, <laughs> it's so great. Put it on the wall. Like, do we have to? <laughs> no, but I think it's, it is so strange that he like, kept that like he's looking at the picture and he's like oh uh i got a bad feeling about this (laughs) like well yeah i mean it's a little weird that that's what you brought omen yeah yeah because then well because he's trying to like get into leto's head and he's just like how did he feel when he looked at this and it's like i don't know he was probably like look at my dad and then this bull killed him his blood is still on it that's weird but this is my culture like yeah i don't know Look at my dad. He's in a cloak. Well, it's just like, it's kind of a, like, um, you know, it it comes for us all sort of thing. It's sort of a memento mori, I feel like. Yeah. We all will be yeah. gored by a bull. Right. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. It's that bull from the last unicorn. The red bull is coming for no. us all. Um. <laughs> So, oh, there's also, like, all these, like, people from minor houses who are just kind of clustered around whispering this whole time. They don't do anything. Yeah. Uh, so they come in. The As soon as they leave the Code of Silence, uh, Fenring starts again with his, his hmm. verbal tics. Uh, yeah. So they go and they sit in... Uh... Oh, and he makes a joke about, like, a report of a crime against the Imperium. Yeah. As soon as they leave the cone of silence so that people from the other houses, like the other court people hear it. The courtiers hear it. Yeah. But then he's just like, ha it's a joke. Just a joke. Don't worry about it. Wink. Uh, so they get back in the 
And he also says, you know, this is where he says, well, the emperor hasn't actually officially sanctioned you saying that fate is your heir. Mm-hmm. And the baron is just like, what? He says, the baron felt himself to be within a sudden personal cone of silence produced by his own shock. <laughs> and so the count says, well, that's why we're here, because the emperor wants me to report on whether or not, you know, he's a worthy successor. And the baron's just like, but he said I could pick my own heir. And the count's like, yeah, but yeah. Oh, here comes Fade. He does spend a lot of time calling Fade precise. He's yeah. a very precise young man. Uh, he's, yeah, that's that's such a strange term. He comes it out is. in his tights. He's so, and he's got, <laughs> I shouldn't imagine these as like elbow <laughs> gloves, but I do. He's got a black glove. And a knife yep. in his right hand, a long knife, mm-hmm. and then a white glove and a short knife on his left hand. Yeah. And so the white knife has poison and the white, the black knife doesn't. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's no. what it's supposed, it's supposed to, to be. be. Well, the I mean, short, this is just what- like, The short blade is supposed to be, yeah. Um. Um, That's what Margo is saying. And so Fade is looking around. I do like all these like words we have for the various big people because he says he looks he looks at the crowd and he sees his cousins and cousins. Yep. The demi brothers, the concubines, and outfrain relations. (laughs) I was like, what's a demi brother? yeah. Maybe it's like a foster brother, like you were raised in the same like I don't know. Who knows what any of this... I mean, I'm sure <laughs> there's something that'll tell me. I'm going to look it up right now. It's probably like some ancient like thing that we would know about if it was still, you know, the year 800. Right. There actually doesn't appear to be any words... That, oh, here we go. Debbie Brothers. Oh, sons of concubines in the same household. And I certified as having uh, the same father. So okay. not like official. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can I can do official that. unofficials yeah yeah which is interesting because in this kind of culture we don't ever really get a ton of how that system really works because in a lot of cultures around the world there were just concubines like I believe for mm-hmm. a long time like in the Ottoman Empire like they didn't have wives you know right. they just had concubines um, and but, like, if you had, if one of your concubines had a son, like, that was, like, this is your first son. Like, it didn't matter because they were officially your concubine. So, like, I guess mm-hmm. in this culture, it's, so maybe if, like, Leto had gotten married and his wife had only had girls, it would have been, like, well, it's still Paul. Yeah. But then, like, if he had gotten married and had, would he have had, like, an official, but I think Paul was, like, certified as his heir. So, like, that's a whole. Yeah, he had already named yeah. all his heir and, like, made that all official and cleared that. And so, like, I don't think, like, had Paul, you know, had something happened to Paul and there was, you know, mm-hmm. a spare. I hate to use that term, but. Um, well, Paul was the spare, as we recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, lies. Lies. Lies and untruths. <laughs> lies all. Uh, so, it was less a spare than a replacement, but yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I just like that it was like, I don't know, here's some words for people that are out in the crowd. <laughs> that was like, you know what you just made me think of? Was speaking of Adama and Battlestar Galactica, which we were talking about earlier. Um, Why his kids were so Caucasian? Capricorn? 
No, I was thinking about that show Caprica. Yeah. And how the whole time you're like, oh, this kid is supposed to be like baby William Adama. And then the kid no. like dies. Yeah. <laughs> but like in the last episode that it flashes forward like 10 years or something. And the guy like has there's like another kid who he's named William. And I'm just like, what is this shit? Yeah, they, they named the replacement kid William. Oh, yikes. Cringe. Like Philip Hamilton. Yep. Well, I think a lot of those, like, old families just named people the same thing over and over again. <laughs> you might have a family that had more than one George and more than one Elizabeth. and. Well, yeah, it's just if, if, if anyone is only familiar with the musical Hamilton, they... Had yeah. ten children all told, not just the, yeah. the couple that are mentioned in the show. And then Philip, and after Philip mm-hmm. gets killed in his duel, they had another baby that they also named Philip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> They're just like I don't know Philip. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was my that was my aside. That shit really bothers me. <laughs> yeah, when they're trying, don't to... do that in your in your scripts in your manuscripts in your books. Like, don't do that. That's. My, well, and they did that on Smallville. Yeah. Where it, gotcha. Fake out. Surprise. He's just going to use that name. Like, what? Mm-hmm. And, that's the pro- and that's my problem with prequels, generally speaking. Yeah. Unless it's something like technically, like, you know, technically The Hobbit is a prequel, but it wasn't at the time, you know, and it's his own story. And that yeah. was one of the ways that the movies failed because they tried to make it too much of a prequel. It's like, here's all this like mm-hmm. cutesy cute connection stuff. Um, yeah. And that that's always my problem with prequels is that you're either not telling us anything we don't already know or mm-hmm. you're just going to make... Are you doing some messy fucking retcons? Yeah, or you're just going to like... Because yeah. I talk about this a lot when I recap but V.C. Andrews novels because the last book mm-hmm. in every series is always a prequel. And I always go by kind of my personal rule, which is that what happens in the prequel is the law. I don't care. Because like, if mm. you wrote this and told me this is the prequel, then that's what happened. And yeah, there's tons of continuity errors. And it's like, yeah, but y- you can't then give me this prequel and tell me that that's what happened. It's like, yeah, if, if in the first book the girl thinks this and then you find out like, oh, no, her mom's name was actually Susan. It wasn't Joanne. Like, well, sorry. Mm. Don't write a prequel yeah. and tell me it's Susan. And right. you, just because you screwed up. And it's, it's a problem, too, with... I think that happens so much with movies and with shows. Like That was always my problem with Caprica. And I think it's always a problem of time. I do mm-hmm. not think there was mm-hmm. enough time for Caprica yeah. to then be Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't. No. It's the same. I'm sorry to keep bringing up Star Wars when you're tired of it, but it's the same no, problem I've had with like everyone just being like Jedi. It's like, okay, the Jedi were fucking everywhere like I know, 25 like years when, ago. When The Force Awakens came out and people, he was, <laughs> Han was like, it's all true. The legends. I was like, wasn't this like something that just happened like within. I mean, obviously, within your lifetime, maybe not within. It's I don't well, it's know. Like, it's just there's, so. Well, but I mean, even in the original trilogy, there's that dude in the meeting who's just like, "Yeah, okay, Darth Vader, with your your magic." It's like, um, th- what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously, he does magic. What are yeah. you saying? So yeah, 
they're they never do timing right with with prequels, like very very no. seldom. And I think I've read like one no- romance novella that was a prequel, and even that I was like, mm. and even like I'm gonna say this too about like the star. Speaking of Star Wars, about the Star Wars prequels, it's like whatever your problems with them, and believe me, I have plenty, but that was not enough time like the the 18 years or however many years luke is when episode four picks starts up like that was not enough time really for darth vader for anakin skywalker to really become darth vader because he's such like he's such a boogeyman and this legend and oh my god he's so scary and we see a little bit of that in rogue one but it's just like that kind of reputation takes a while to build yeah yeah i mean and i think that that's it's the same problem that soap operas around the world have always had to face which is when there's any kind of character that it's like (laughs) oh she looks so much like so and so and it's like no they don't (laughs) yeah it's like don't tell me through like three pirates of the caribbean movies that orlando bloom looks exactly like his dad and that his dad is still in skarsgård (laughs) like "Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you're kind of like like maybe because eh? that's yeah like i've seen younger versions of stellan skarsgård and they don't look like orlando bloom yeah like, i don't know who you so anyway that was our yeah oh guys this is what Sidebar. we do this chapter is it was uh, for so much going on though this chapter was such a slog it, it was so is. boring and it's got you know new characters and and machinations and more about kind of the yeah. culture and the world and then there's a giant fight sequence that's still we're coming up on and it's like yeah yeah i was just kind of like doing the the finger motion was like come on come on come on speed it up speed it up let's go let's go so fade comes out reading it yeah to do his big fight and so you find out here that usually when fade does his little his little fighty fights Mm -hmm. uh the people that he fights are drugged (laughs) I think that that's common with all of the gladiators, it sounds like, not just Faye. I know, but but I just want to particularly point out that he's just a little asshole. But they're drugged to be more aggressive, it seems like, or, like, more... They're just in, like, a blood rage or something, and, like, not... I guess it makes them careless or whatever. I can imagine it makes for a more, like, exciting fight, but, like, they're never, like, thinking strategically, Mm -hmm. I think is the point yeah and he's so he's made this plan with with thufer mm. um so oh and he he for a second is gonna dedicate the fight he has this blank he has like has this pause and the baron's like oh fuck he's <laughs> gonna dedicate it to lady fenring but he dedicates it to the baron yeah who that is kind of just like that's my boy and it's like ew that's disgusting <laughs> yeah. you are the worst <laughs> um so this, so they're not going to drug the gladiator, and in, instead nope. he has a keyword. So if Fade says the word "scum," mm-hmm. he will be able to attack and kill this guy. And so the crowd will think that there was an accidental undrugged slave, mm-hmm. and that they would, you know, they'll assume the slave master did it to try to kill Fade. Which is right. why I assume that they were drugged to not like. Yeah, they're coming out, like, kill-ready, but I don't even know. There's so much... 
The problem with Dune sometimes is that there are so many words and like, you know, <laughs> there are so many kennings <laughs> that you're like, I'm not entirely sure what you're saying to me right now because it's English, but it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. You're totally right. I mean, it's the same <laughs> but, issue we've and... had, you know, like we talked about this in Dark Tower where it's like, I'm sorry, what yeah. did you say? Like, was any of that English? <laughs> <laughs> I do want to point out that when the gladiator comes out, he has dry. I assume he has, or Thufer has drawn a hawk on the man's arm in blood, indicating that this was someone that they captured on Arrakis, like after they killed the Duke. Mm-hmm. And so that's really shitty. <laughs> like that they end up like in as gladiators like all the duke's men that got captured oh no i know this is just a, a the language but it's that it's painted in blood on his green leotard mm. i know they have to be dressed that Hot. way to fight their gladiators but it's just i mm-hmm. he's just coming out in his leotard like i'm a picturing oh, a american gladiator yeah, yeah it's like this is bright colored pants how much hairspray is involved and his chest <laughs> yeah. is all waxy yeah but um he's like this guy is tough yes like he has not taken any shit he's giving faith like a good fight and faith's actually starting to be like um oh shit and he has a the, little bit the poison is on the black dagger not the white dagger because you know faith yeah. is a little jerk he's a little sneaky sneak uh so they have his fight 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 yep um Fights are hard to talk about in books. Uh, yeah, they're not that exciting to recap, no. really. <laughs> like, fighting is happening. It's like, all right, yeah. great. Uh, ultimately, Fade wins. Yeah. He uses his special word, and he's able... But before he is able to actually kill this uh, gladiator, the guy falls on his freaking sword. Ah, like, even that yeah. is not um is kind of denied to him which i thought was hilarious and his last Um, words were one day one of us will get you yeah so bravo to you dude like nameless yeah you know nameless atreides fighter totally it is it's nice to see like a good like loyal kind of um you know super like the Atreides, I feel like their forces were like really super loyal to the Duke mm-hmm. and love the Duke. So it's nice to see that, even though it's in this horrible way, that like that love and that like commitment to this cause to this person is still there, mm-hmm. like in him. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, it was horrible, but it was nice. But the crowd wants uh, Fade to cut off this dude's head after he's dead. But Fade says, you know, no, like, that doesn't honor, you know, he's like, you know, he deserves to be buried with his head. Intact. Nice, yeah. thanks. And the Baron's is like, well, that was a cop out. Like, that was an insult to the crowd. <laughs> and the Fenrings are like, no, that was actually a pretty good move. Like, they're loving it. Uh, and she's like, you know, they actually, they actually seem to, like, really like it. Uh, they think that he's yeah. pretty great. Um and everyone and the loves Baron's Fade. like he's kind of starting to suspect like i think this kid's gonna try to kill me yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> oh shit yeah uh, yeah i've created a monster a literal monster and 
he's just like just gonna have to or like throw a little party yeah uh, fate 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 for fate yeah and you know people are like running everyone's storming the field to, mm-hmm. to like give him a big parade uh and so everyone's walking around everyone's like just like woohoo and the baron's like yeah i'm gonna go uh yeah <laughs> and the count Fenring is like oh no that's fine like um, look we're looking forward to it we've never seen a harkonnen like party and yeah so the Fenring say well we're gonna wait here we're gonna wait for the crowd to clear out a little and so they can have you know their little secret humming thing and she's just like <laughs> and, and so the Fenrings are like yeah he knew that guy wasn't gonna be drugged you know he was afraid but he wasn't surprised uh and that the foofer's definitely behind it uh the Fenring says like i i told the uh baron that he should kill foofer she's like well that was a mistake like yeah. sweetie <laughs> because if if Thufer and Fade are successful and they manage to get rid of the Baron, then Margot's like, you know, I got I got ways. Yeah. I can make him sort of, you know, I can make him pliable to me. Yeah. And this, yeah, yeah. this is the point where she says, you know, because he says, you know, he'll be like the young one will be easier to control. And she's like, yeah, for us, like, especially mm-hmm. after tonight. And he says, you don't anticipate difficulty seducing him, my little brood mother? Like, ew. That's ew. gross. Hasimir, <laughs> that's gross. Uh, and he's just like, yeah, no, cool. he was obviously into me. And now they can both see why they have to keep the bloodline. So they're like, all right, you know, fair. Yeah. Uh, so the Count wonders at that point, like, this is where she says, you know, he says, we'll leave as soon as you're sure you're pregnant. And she's like, yeah, because I do not want to have a baby here. <laughs> no <laughs> gross can you imagine I do like this little conversation because she's because he says the things we do in the name of humanity and she says yours is the easy part and he says there are some ancient prejudices I overcome they're quite primordial you know <laughs> which I kind of liked him <laughs> being like well I don't entirely love it that you're about to sleep with another guy and have his baby like yeah. just gonna put that out there yeah she's like <laughs> just so you know like I'm not super keen on it. Like, hmm. yeah. <laughs> and you know they. I just <laughs> like her little plan where she's just like, there will be no guilt, hypno, yeah, hypno legation of that fade off the psyche and his child in my womb. Then we go. Just like check it off the list. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mentally control the air to got three things to do. The baronage. Got three things to do. <laughs> gotta go get pregnant and you know and then he you know he thinks he does say like well i wonder what he could have been like if he had been raised say like by the atreides yeah yeah and they he they he kind of like feels bad about the loss of paul because paul had like you know potential to be a great leader and and then she goes there's benny jesuit saying he says you have sayings for everything yeah, it's no shit. And she says, oh, but you'll like this one. Do not count a human dead until you've seen his body. And even then you can make a mistake. Because. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. I just like, I just, I really love that part where she's like, yeah, 
you don't have anything to do. Like, you have the easy job. And he's like, well, I mean, I do have to kind of, like, just sit by while you're banging this guy. I don't know. Yeah. That's not great. <laughs> it's not It's not the best. It's not optimal and for I'm me. on Gay Dude Prime, so, ugh. Like, I don't know if you know this. I might be a eunuch, but I fuck. Like, <laughs> I need you to read this book. Paul. I need you to read Paul of Dune and see that I fuck. Oh, like, thanks. Anyway. <laughs> I enjoy well, that, that the name the chapter. I enjoy that the name Margot. I think that the Betty Jesuit mm. are named like Margot and Jessica. It's like a yeah, sorority. Yeah, I know. I like that. <laughs> Margot, you're not getting a lot of science fiction names in in Dune. I mean, Cheney, Arulin, yes, but those aren't even those aren't like not real names. They're just not. Yeah, they're names from other cultures. Yeah, and it's yeah. But, I mean, it's also the same thing with, uh, um, I feel that with a lot of fantasy stuff, like fantasy and sci-fi, because mm-hmm. there comes a point where it's like, well, how many people can be named something really dramatic, and how many people are just going to be named, like, John? Like, there's always got to be a John. Yeah. Like, they can't all be Fenring. They can't all be Fenring. Like, you know, everyone can't have a cool name. Somebody, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, or just someone, <laughs> I want someone to show up at Dune and they're just like, oh, this is my cousin, Steve. <laughs> I would love it if there was a Steve in Dune. <laughs> yeah, so that was the, that yeah. was the chapter. And Hooray! Yeah, and it's, it's just, fighting is very, was... very hard in a book. Like, it just is. Yeah, it's not really exciting to read, especially if it's like a longer fight scene and it goes on for a while it can get unless you're talking about like spaceships and laser beams and stuff Mm -hmm. it can be very like okay pretty repetitive yeah so i think next week we'll be back with paul and jessica yes if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah but we are getting as we said we are getting close to the end of book two so we'll be taking a breather in between the two and you guys can look forward to another episode on the dark tower series uh the drawing of the three super excited Mm -hmm. to talk about that with you megan (laughs) oh i'm so excited yeah um do we have any plugs this week uh i could i plug i could plug yeah plug whatever you want i wrote a little piece for this about the Little. Bond movie, eight hundred thousand words long, uh, about the movie Spectre, the James Bond movie. Yeah. Um, for it was the creator, like director of the month, was Sam Mendes, and mm-hmm. I love Bond movies, and I do have a lot of fondness for Spectre, but I don't think it was entirely successful. And I talk about that. Yeah. Uh, I in watched this piece. it. I uh, I said it's fine. I'm not wrong about Andrew Scott. I mean, what did I have an opinion on Andrew? Scott no, no, I just or, I mentioned oh, it in the thing. In it's article? just yeah. there's at a certain point with some actors, mm-hmm. and at the time, at the time that Spectre came out, Andrew Scott was really like everyone knew who he was because he was Moriarty on Sherlock. So yeah, don't get me started. Like <laughs> when there is a reveal, like I don't know, spoilers for Spectre, you'd figure it out that he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, really. Yeah. Like, he was always a bad guy until he was the hot priest on Fleabag. So, yeah, like... I was actually surprised when he was on Fleabag and he wasn't a piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, we yeah. could debate that 
Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. a different kind. A different <laughs> kind of, of shit. Yeah, it's just his entire persona at the time was very similar. I mean, he's even wearing basically the same mm-hmm. suits. So it was like, in the theater, it was like, uh-huh, he's a bad guy. I've said this before, and I know this may lose, like, fan- people may drop out when I say this, but I hated his Moriarty. I hate it. I don't like Sherlock. I don't like Sherlock First either. of all, I think it's very, like, flashy and cool and whatever, and Benedict Cumberbatch, it's, like, fun to watch him walk around in a scarf. I get it. I get it. But I hate that show. I hate that depiction of Holmes, and I really hate that depiction of Moriarty. Yeah, me too. Like, absolutely detest everything about it. I'm sure Andrew Scott, like, I've liked him in lots of other stuff. I just do not like that at all. So that's my two cents. I've said that. Um, re- everyone, read Megan's yeah. on Spectre, which has nothing to do with Moriarty. So, And I managed to, like, not make it entirely about how – about Blofeld. So, hey, go Oh, me. yeah. Well, good for you. Good for me. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, I don't really have anything right now, but when this drops, I will probably have a – uh, review of the final season of Schitt's Creek. If you watch that, if you're Canadian, I'm obsessed with that show. Love it so much. Um, so of course was super excited to get to be able to write See about it. the final. Oh season. my god! I just realized you're seeing it like Canada. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, but you could check that out on the spool.net. Mm-hmm. That's where both me and Megan write. And uh, yeah. Oh, I do have one thing I want to shout out. We did get a new review on mm-hmm. iTunes and it's super exciting always to get a new review. And it was really kind. It's from a geeky black girl. Love that name. Uh, so happy I found this podcast. Totally awesome. It's like a geeky book club. And wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. We love that. If you ever have any questions for us or want to raise any points or objections to anything we've said on the show, like objections, we'll, we'll listen to them. Um, you know, I'm not going to apologize for not liking Moriarty, but you can definitely <laughs> write us at weirdingpodcast at gmail.com to complain to me about that or anything else you just want to talk about. Exactly. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think that's going to do it for us Mm -hmm. this week. Um, Yeah. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.